Chapter Twenty Two of Eben Holden. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Eben Holden: A Tale of the North Country by Irving Bachelor. Chapter Twenty Two. The horse played a part of no small importance in that country. He was the coin of the realm, a medium of exchange, a standard of value, an exponent of moral character. The man that traveled without a horse was on his way to the poorhouse. Uncle Eb or David Brower could tell a good horse by the sound of his footsteps, and they brought into St. Lawrence County the haughty Morgans from Vermont. There was more pride in their high heads than in any of the good people. A northern Yankee who was not carried away with a fine horse had excellent self-control. Politics and the steed were the only things that ever woke him to enthusiasm, and there a man was known as he traded. Uncle Eb used to say that one ought always to underestimate his horses a little for the sake of a reputation. We needed another horse to help with the haying, and Bob Dean, a tricky trader who had heard of it, drove in after supper one evening and offered a rangy brown animal at a low figure. We looked him over, tried him up and down the road, and then David, with some shrewd suspicion, as I divined later, said I could do as I pleased. I bought the horse and led him proudly to the stable. Next morning an Irishman, the extra man for the haying, came in with a worried look to breakfast. "'The new horse has a chittering kind of cough,' he said. "'A cough?' said I. "'Tain't just a cough, neither,' he said, "'but a kind of tomb.' With the last word he obligingly imitated the sound of the cough. It threw me into perspiration. "'Sounds bad,' said Uncle Eb, as he looked at me and snickered. "'Fraid Bill ain't much of a jockey,' said David, smiling. "'Got a grand appetite, that hoss has,' said Tip Taylor." After breakfast, Uncle Eb and I hitched him to the light buggy and touched him up for a short journey down the road. In five minutes he had begun to heave and whistle. I felt sure one could have heard him half a mile away. Uncle Eb stopped him and began to laugh. "'A whistler,' said he. "'Sure's you're born. He ain't worth a bag of beans. But don't you never let on.' When you get licked, you mustn't never find fault. If anybody asks you about him, tell him he's all you expected. We stood waiting a moment for the horse to recover himself. A team was nearing us. There's Bob Dean, Uncle Eb whispered. The darn scalawag. Don't you say a word now. Good morning, said Dean, smiling as he pulled up beside us. "'Nice, pleasant morning,' said Uncle Eb, as he cast a glance into the sky. "'What you standin' here for?' Dean asked. Uncle Eb expectorated thoughtfully. "'Just a-lookin' at the scenery,' said he. "'Pretty country right here. Always liked it.' "'Nice-lookin' hoss you got there,' said Dean. "'Grand hoss.' said Uncle Eb, surveying him proudly. Most remarkable, Haas. 
"'Good stepper, too,' said Dean soberly. "'Splendid,' said Uncle Eb. "'Can go a mile without catching his breath.' "'That's so,' said Dean. "'Good deal like Lucy Purvis,' Uncle Eb added. "'She can say the whole multiplication table and only breathe once. "'You can learn something from a hoss like that. "'He's good as a district school, that hoss is.' "'Yes, sir, that hoss is all right,' said Dean, as he drove away. "'Righter than I expected,' Uncle Eb shouted, and then he covered his mouth, shaking with suppressed laughter. "'Skunk,' he said, as we turned the animal and started to walk him home. "'Don't mind being beat, but I don't like to have a man rub it in on me. I'll get even with him, maybe.' And he did. It came about in this way. We turned our new purchase into the pasture, and Uncle Eb and I drove away to Potsdam for a better nag. We examined all the horses in that part of the country. At last we chanced upon one that looked like the whistler, save that he had a white stocking on one hind foot. "'Same age, too,' said Uncle Eb, as he looked into his mouth. "'Can pass anything on the road,' said his owner. "'Can he?' said Uncle Eb, who had no taste for slow-going. "'Hitch him up, and let's see what he can do.' He carried us faster than we had ever ridden before at a trot, and coming up behind another team, the man pulled out, let the reins loose on his back, and whistled. If anyone had hit him with a log chain, the horse could not have moved quicker. He took us by the other team like a flash on the dead run and three in the buggy. "'He'll do all right,' said Uncle Eb, and paid for the horse. It was long after dark when we started home, leading him behind, and near midnight when we arrived. In the morning I found Uncle Eb in the stable, showing him to the other help. To my surprise, the white stocking had disappeared. "'Didn't just like that white stocking,' he said as I came in. Wondered how he'd look without it. They all agreed this horse and the whistler were as much alike as two peas in appearance. Breakfast over, Uncle Eb asked the Irishman to hitch him up. "'Come, Bill,' said he. "'Let's take a ride. Dean'll be coming along by and by, on his way to town with that trotter of his'n. Rather like to meet him.' I had only a faint idea of his purpose. He let the horse step along at top speed going up the road, and when we turned about he was breathing heavily. We jogged him back down the road a mile or so, and when I saw the blazed face of Dean's mare in the distance we pulled up and shortly stopped him. Dean came along in a moment. "'Nice morning,' said he. "'Grand,' said Uncle Eb. "'Looking at the landscape again?' "'Yes, I've just begun to see what a pretty country this is,' said Uncle Eb. "'How's the hoss?' "'Splendid. Gives you time to think and see what you're passing. Like to set and think once in a while. We don't do enough thinking here in this part of the country.' "'You'd ought to buy this mare and learn how to ride fast,' said Dean.' 
"'That one?' said Uncle Eb, squinting at the mare. "'Why, she can't go fast enough.' "'She can't, eh?' said Dean, bridling with injured pride. "'I don't think there's anything in this town can head her.' "'Thunder!' said Uncle Eb. "'I can go by her with this old plug easy twixt here and our gate. "'You didn't know what you was sellin'. "'If you pass her once, I'll give her to you,' said he. "'Mean it?' said Uncle Eb. "'Certain,' said he, a little redder in the face. "'And if I don't, I'll give you the whistler,' said Uncle Eb as he turned about. The mare went away, under the whip, before we had fairly started. She was going a fifty shot, but in a moment we were lapping upon her hind wheel. Dean threw a startled glance over his shoulder. Then he shouted to the mare. She quickened her pace a little, but we kept our position. Uncle Eb was leaning over the dasher, his white locks flying. He had something up his sleeve, as they say, and was not yet ready to use it. Then Dean began to shear over to cut us off, a nasty trick of the low horseman. I saw Uncle Eb glance at the ditch ahead. I knew what was coming and took a firm hold of the seat. The ditch was a bit rough, but Uncle Eb had no lack of courage. He turned the horse's head, let up on the reins, and whistled. I have never felt such a thrill as then. Our horse leaped into the deep grass, running like a wild deer. "'Hi there! Hi there!' Uncle Eb shouted, bouncing in his seat as we went over stones and hummocks going like the wind. "'Go, you brown devil!' he yelled, his hat flying off as he shook the reins. The mare lost her stride. We flashed by and came up into the road. Looking back, I saw her jumping up and down a long way behind us and Dean whipping her. Uncle Eb, his hands over the dasher, had pulled down to a trot. Ahead of us we could see our folks, men and women, at the gate looking down the road at us waving hats and handkerchiefs. They had heard the noise of the battle. Uncle Eb let up on the reins and looked back, snorting with amusement. In a moment we pulled up at our gate. Dean came along slowly. "'That's a pretty good mare,' said Uncle Eb. "'You're welcome to her,' said Dean sullenly. "'Wouldn't have her,' said Uncle Eb. "'Why not?' said the trader, a look of relief coming over his face. "'Can't go fast enough for my use,' Uncle Eb answered. "'You can just hitch her in here a while, "'and the first day you come over with a hundred dollars, "'you can have her and the whistler, both on em. "'That whistler's a grand hoss. "'Can hold his breath longer than any hoss I ever knew.' "'The sum named was that we had paid him "'for the highly accomplished animal. "'Dean had the manhood to pay up then and there, and said he would send for the other horse, which he never did. "'Guess he won't bother us any more when we stop to look at the scenery,' said Uncle Eb, laughing as Dean drove away. "'Kinda risky business buying hosses,' he added. "'Got to judge the owner as well as the hoss. 
If there's anything the matter with his conscience, it'll come out in the hoss somewhere every time. Never knew a mean man to own a good hoss. Remember, boy, it's a lame soul that drives a limpin' hoss. No use talkin'. Bill ain't no judge of a hoss, said David Brower. He'll have to have an education, or he'll get to the poorhouse some day, certain. "'Well, he's a good judge of gals, anyway,' said Uncle Eb. As for myself, I was now hopelessly confirmed in my dislike of farming, and I never traded horses again. End of chapter 22 Recording by Roger Moline